special edition Thursday night of the loud pedal because we got left hanging in the wind Monday night. We won't mention any names who. So my co-host, Big Daddy, Michael Clark Griswold. What's happening, everybody? Me, the mouth, and our special guest, Neil the Wheel Williams. How you doing, Neil? What's up, brothers? Everything's going good over here. How you guys doing? Oh, well, every day's a holiday. Well, you know, if it wasn't, it'd be somebody else. That's it. Uh, so, uh, this weekend coming up, big race at uh, New Egypt. You going to be there? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh. Is it because you don't like the track, or you just... Um... Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I've raced that track for a long time. I don't think right. I'm even welcome back there. Okay. I don't even think I'm allowed to go uh, back there. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't go there if they were paying $100,000 a win. I think that that track is like, I don't think that there's any passing grooves in there. I, I don't know. There's just something about that track that you got to be, you got you to gotta be absolutely dialed into racing there weekly to do any type of good. Right, right. You can't have an off night or you're, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, I mean, that track's just, like, it's never been, uh, never been, it's never been one, like, very welcoming for any type of outsider. Right. Uh, like, like, uh, take, for example, Dom. Dom, he has been every which way. He's been Bridgeport. He's been New Egypt. He's raced New Egypt for a really long time, never really lost his touch about it. And then you get a couple outsiders that roll in there and they like, they get hung up on that dog leg. So that race is is kind of, it's kind of always is suited for and kind of swayed towards the, uh, the New Egypt regular. It's kind of how the same thing we hear about, like, uh, like a grand view, you know, like they're real tough on outsiders. No doubt. That place is 100% tough on outsiders. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that sucks to hear, you know, you want to, want to see tracks welcome everybody. It's better for the sport. Uh, yeah. I mean, no doubt it is. I mean, like, I mean, you look at like place like Williams Grove, you know I mean? They, they, they love the posse. They are the posse. They try to make it the posse way. And every now and then an uh, outlaw or an outsider might squeak by, but they like to keep it within the posse. Yeah. Like yeah Carl- a certain guy from Northern California. Yeah, go down and smack them around. Yeah, you know, Kyle Larson. Yeah, I mean, I'm, exactly. I mean, I'd I'd much rather keep it keep it within the uh, you know in the locals as well. But I'm just saying that that place is one of the tougher racetracks to go. Right. So uh, this year, Bridgeport, the uh, you know new track, new owner. Um, yeah. I don't want to say you struggled a little bit, but I would say that you didn't have the year you were looking for. Would that be a pretty fair assumption? I mean, dude, struggle is the word. I mean, that's just honesty, <laughs> and sometimes you got to be sometimes you got to be honest with it. You know what I mean? I really struggled this year. Uh, the um, the track and the uh, the motor combination really threw me off guard. I mean, just being honest. Right. I, uh, going into this year, I really thought that track was big enough to, uh, so a big block could, uh, you know, kind of be the dominant car. And that's just not how it was at all. Like, um, kind of, kind of scrambled 
couple weeks into the year once I realized that the big block was not the way to go and um, trying to get the small block car up to par. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, sometimes you got to go into these things and you have no idea, you know, after you're so accustomed to racing a track for so long, you know, like the, the big track that was there, you kind of get caught up in your ways. And uh, when, when this whole deal went down, you look at it and you're like, dude, this, this is kind of big, but it's kind of small. It's like Grandview, but it's kind of Grandview on steroids. So why wouldn't a big block work? Then you bring right. a big block out there, and you're getting your ass smacked by a couple 358s. You're like, whoa, this is not the right car to have here. You know, it's like an eye-opener. You know what I mean? And now, you think that has a lot to do with the, the handling on the big block to where, you know, we've had some other guys on that have ran Bridgeport this year, and they just said, you know, with the 358, you just the, the car has so much more agility in the turns, and it's so much easier to turn under a guy in the turns to where a big block, you know, it's kind of like almost trying to steer a giant boulder out there. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I mean, you're getting guys that have no idea. Like, some guys are really good, right? And they're coming in there. And you got to somehow maneuver that car to get underneath them. That big block car is not doing that. I don't, it, like, it could be God in that car, and he's not going to turn down underneath a guy and, and drive through it, you know? Right. A small block, you can drive through there so easily on the throttle, turn down underneath somebody and just drive, you know, I mean, that's the type of racing that you got. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a small block track and, you know, it's a, just like uh, Grandview and Big Diamond and uh, now New Egypt, well, New Egypt's been like that for a little while. You know, it's a Speckhead 58 racetrack. You just got to accept it and go, go down that road. Now, is it because uh, the big block is heavier with more horsepower? Why is this, does it seem like a little lazier in the turns where a small block's a little lighter, yep. a little quicker? You could just throw yep. that some bitch in there. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. That big block. That, that yeah, big block's like a big old heavyweight leaning, <clears throat> leaning over, you know, grabbing. So I take a Camaro versus a Malibu Classic, right? Yep, no doubt. It's like a Honda Civic versus yeah. a Chevy Malibu Classic. <laughs> yeah, you get like a big, big boat. <laughs> So that pretty much kind of destroys, uh, I'm sorry, that kind of like destroys your whole big buck program then, huh? Well, it kind of does. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've, I've had subpar seasons for the past couple of years, like dealing with motors and stuff. So like, and we really focused on bringing our big buck program back and, you know, now going into it, I mean, like we had a complete big buck car sitting there and we were like, Oh, this is, this is what we need, you know, like, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Shit. we need to get this small block car in here and get that thing tuned up and like go race this you know what i mean but i mean maybe at the end of the day it's a, it's better for racing and better for guys to come because i mean we had a we had some really good car counts um there, i think there was only one race that was really like below subpar car count but yeah, that was the beginning though it was, it would no doubt. And, you know, we're also competing against some tracks on Saturday night. Yeah. The Sunday yeah. car counts through the roof. You know? And, you know, I think that the, uh, the 358s are definitely going to be the way to go in the future. And, uh, they're definitely a little bit more cost effective and it shows that the racing really doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter whether it's a big block or a spec. I mean, you know, they did, the amount of passes and uh, highlight reels that you're seeing, they're, they're they're really good for the fans. So that that's what it all comes down to. 
Now the spec. What's the spec small block horsepower put out? I mean, I, I think pretty much. Yeah, pretty much everybody's put out around six hundred. But you know, the difference between a really good spec motor, it might put out six ten, six fifteen, okay. and then a really like kind of like subpar one might put five, out five nine. Yeah, so I mean, like you look at it and you're like maybe a ten to fifteen horsepower swing, whatever which way you look at it, and it's really not that big of a deal. Where, you know, the big block stuff. I mean, dude, you could have a guy pushing eight eighty and a guy oh, yeah. that's got seven nine seven ninety. You know what I mean? Like that's there's a big a difference. Big swing and all that big and you know we talk horsepower numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And some that that stuff really doesn't even matter. Like. You know, you look at a really good big block, you're talking like 750, 775 for torque, right? Okay. Now you look at the okay. spec head, right? That's torque. So now you look at the spec head. All right. So say your best one makes like 715. Well, your torque on that spec head might be like 570. You know, so drop. you're really, your torque numbers, yeah, yeah, it is, but your torque numbers are right there with your horsepower. Gotcha. Big block numbers. There's you know, a big difference between the two. Oh God, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you have your best big block motor at 880 and 770, you know, what I mean, it's a hundred. Say it's a hundred split. You will. Yeah. Your guys with those 23 degree heads that are making 780, 775 for horsepower, and they're making the sixes for torque. I mean, dude, that that's a big difference. You know what I mean? It's so, staying even. So. Uh, you know, when you talk about the horsepower differences, you know, and, and with the spec motors, they're they're pretty close and stuff. I, I guess on the new track, you know, the horsepower, you know, it's really not that big of a, a deal. But like on maybe on the old track, if you got a guy that's got, you know, 880 horsepower and then you got another guy running 790, that, that's probably a, a big problem on the big track because you're not going to be able to make up that straightaway speed you're going to need. No, you couldn't make it up at all, dude. You could run around there flat foot, never, uh, never lift it, and still not even come within half a second of that guy with all that horsepower. The old so, track is kind of close to Lebanon Valley. You need a motor. Dude, you need a motor and then another half of a motor to get around that track. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, and listen, dude, I loved it for a long time, but that, that's just the reality of it. You know, you needed motor. Which costs money. It caused money. Yes, it did. Cost a lot of money. So we, what we need to but, do is ask Ryan Watt what motor he had, because that man seemed to have that track figured out. Yes, he did. But he did. He had he had a really good motor, really good package. Like that was his deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he cut his teeth there. And and but here's what I'll say. Uh, that track, it, it it did take a little bit of motor. Well, a lot of bit of motor, but. The uh, the chassis combination. Sometimes you didn't always have to have it right. There was a really big window for the for the track surface and and for that size of the track that you could kind of make up. Like if you could figure out how to hold your car wide open, and you didn't quite have the motor, you could still do really well. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Now now you come to a, a really tight technical track. Not only does your motor have to be on point, you have to consistently turn your motor harder all the time. And your chassis, chassis has to be that much more on point. Like there's, there's, it's two totally different realms 
of reasoning. You know no room, yeah, no room for error. No, not at all. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm like, you know, that this year we really struggled with that. It's just, you know, we, we kind of, like I said, we went one way talking about motors and worrying <laughs> about that, where it was all top speed and torque. Then to a track that really didn't matter and you need to have your chassis react, you know, and that's just, that's just part of it. Now, the spec small blocks, are they the W16 motors we've been hearing about? I mean, I don't think there's anybody running W16. No more? Because two years ago, they, uh, at Eastern States, a lot of those small block guys, that's what I was hearing anyway, were running that W16 in there. Yeah, well, like a lot of those guys with those dirt motors, you know, because they can only turn like, a, I don't know, 7,400 or 7,200 RPM. Right. So it is a different, different, pa- All right, it's different then. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, MSC box for a dirt legal small block has to it's it, it's uh the chip is already in it, so it's only turned seventy two hundred seventy four. Okay. Okay. But that W sixteen motor outperforms them at that RPM. That's why the, that's why those really good guys have those W sixteen motors. Speaking All of right. dirt, speaking of dirt car, I was pretty surprised to see you at the uh, the Super Dirt Car Show this year. I know you had your uh, your little incident with them boys a couple of years ago. And, I was uh, on your side, by the way, because I hate the WRG. Yeah, I was on your side too. <laughs> I think they were just mad because you pretty, you came through that field uh, like it was nothing on them boys. Yeah, I mean them them guys got a different schedule, man. And like if you're if you're not mean it, you're 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 the outsider. And right. like, I mean, dude, he, here's the deal. And, and this this is my this is my catch up. Like when you when you take into consideration when dirt car comes to your home track, you have to buy their fuel and buy their tires. None of which oh. you're going to use all That's, the rest of the year. Right. What do you do? Like I had these tires. They were there. They were right. not new tires. What yeah. what what do you want me to do? I borrowed some. I fucking had some. Like, how how do you not say, okay, well, I'm going to save $2,000? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, you know. Yeah, well, that, that's just yeah. discourages. Like, the local guys, when a dirt boy's coming to town, like, oh, so you want me to spend another two, three grand on your shit? Go screw yourself. Well, no, yeah. I mean, like, what do you want? Like, they're like, hey, there's a 100-lap dirt race coming to your track. Well, Here's what sucks. You got to buy my fuel. You got to buy my tires. You got to yeah. do this up. And I'm not, I'm not hating on hey. them. We're just in the part of the world that's like well, we I don't will. raise it dirt. Yeah. You know? I'll do it for you. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I mean, you're you're basically screwed. I mean, like I. <laughs> I grew up on that. I, I'm from New York, so I grew up with this, the, you know, the then Skull series, and now, the, you know, with the Donnelly Dirt series. I grew up on all that. So moving down here a couple of years ago, I still got to get used to like these guys coming down here. It's like this is a different world down here. It really is mm-hmm. down in PA, New Jersey. I like it. Don't get me wrong; it's different. I do like it. I like it. it's more open. It seems to be a little more competitive and driver friendly. What the tracks are doing for you guys. Yeah, the, uh, in my, in, in my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think both have their perks. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, that 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 American Racer Tire Cup, you know, all this stuff. Hoosier's got a cup. Both of them have their, like, you know, 
their 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 perks. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just all about demographics. You know what I mean? Like we're here, right. they're there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's there. It is there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I had to pay like so. It, it had been five years. I had to pay my fucking fine. Get there. So there was, yeah, I had to pay it. Like there, there was no, no pay pennies. There was, pay pennies. What's that? Oh, he said you should have paid the fine in pennies. Yeah, pay it pennies. No, I mean, I wish I, I wish I would have pennies. It was, it was, it was more like, like a five. Screw them. <laughs> no, I mean it was a big. It was a four thousand dollar fine, dude. What? I mean, there, there, that, that. Yeah, it was, it was a twelve hundred dollar uh fine. Plus oh, the twenty hundred dollars of of the purse money that I won. So, like, and, and that's the way that I explained it to 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 dirt and to everybody. Like, how do you want me? I took my money, I cashed a check, I put that into the team. How do you want me to then turn around and pay that on top of paying for tires and for fuel just to run a, another race? Yeah, that's that's because you almost have to buy a hundred lap race. You almost have to have two two sets of tires, you know. Well, and and then that was what screwed me. So, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Know, that's ridiculous, dude. What you know? I made a commitment to run that track for for the races that were there, and we were in a really screwed up year. So I said, you know what? Well, let's pay this deal. And we can make this race. Nobody's been here. We've been here for a couple times. We can out, like, maybe we might be able to squeak something out. You know what I mean? And Yeah, I'll do it to everybody. I, my time trials, dude, second in time trials. You know, like, I finished second in the heat race. And then come time for the feature, I didn't even have any hard tires. I ran all 300s. Oh. And when that, oh, dude, when that rubber came, bro, it was just, I could see it peeling off the front tires. Yeah, I was just turning left, and it was just rubber was hitting me in my in all, all my tear offs. I was peeling tear offs because I had rubber on them. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, yo, it was a good race. There was a lot of race cars there, and I mean, I, I went back up in the stands and I watched it. And I thought it was an exciting race, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody would have ever. I don't think anybody guessed that it was going to be like that. I mean, I no. think Shepard went to it three times. Yeah, yeah, and came back yeah. to the field, and uh, him that and Friesen probably would have had a good. Yeah, him and him and Friesen would have had a good battle there if he had, wouldn't have broke a rear end, I think. Yo, no doubt. I mean, that, and that's crazy. That girl he had came him. back, dude. He came back, came through the field, fresh tires on. Like that was that was your two modern day titans battling it out right there. Yeah, like if that's not what great. you want as a dirt yeah. fan. You're you're, you're, you're watching yeah. the wrong place. Yeah. It's like watching yeah. a chess match with two dirt cars, dirt modified. It was pretty awesome. No, oh, absolutely. I was sitting in the stands mad as hell about what happened to me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> and and, and, and here comes the old timer, the 91, almost snuck it in there. Almost, almost got him at the end. Dude, almost. And that's where he's got a feather in his cap. He knows the deal. You know what I mean? Like, you got to – that's what's so, you know, like, that's what's great about the dirt car races. If When they run 100, 100 lappers, all these guys have notes, you know. Yep. And somebody, somebody might outsmart the next guy. They might chance it a little bit, you know. And that's what's, yep. that's what's really cool about our sport. You yep. know, that so much is left up to us as a team and a driver to, like, yeah. kind of 
be like, yeah, you know what? Well, we might be able to get away with a 300 on this, and everybody else is on 400, so we're vice versa, you know? The gamesmanship of it. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll be honest, man, that, that new track, that that is that's high output for spectacular racing. I'm serious. Like, that, that every time you go there, you're going to see spectacular racing. Like, Absolutely. I went there, I think, I only made it twice this year uh, uh, due to my wife having a baby. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and both times, uh, I mean, the racing was just phenomenal. I mean, the, I was there for the opener this year, and when I just walked up to the track and saw, I mean, I saw pictures. Everybody saw pictures. And, uh, but when I got to the track for the first time, it was just like, it was almost like breathtaking. You're like, holy shit. You look at that, you look at that banking, and you're like, dude, this is a fucking skyscraper I'm next to. Yeah, it's this, this Bristol. Hey, what did Bristol yeah. get here? Dude, you're sitting in them pits, and you're like, there's the top of the racetrack. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm telling you, man, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Oh, and yeah, that's definitely on the list. The. uh you know, the, this next whole uh, November, like, I'm guessing we're going to run this 100 lapper in November. Like, right. I, I don't know when we're going to run it, but that's definitely going to be a good race, you know. I oh, think so. Yeah. And you're, you're qualified for that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm starting, like, next to last, but, you know, we're, we're in there. <laughs> hey, it's 100 <laughs> laps, though. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never Cause know. Because I feel... Conserve fuel and don't use your shit up. No, that's that old Syracuse mentality. You know what I mean? You got to roll around. Yeah, that's, put on yeah, the that's basically, let's make it, make it to the first pit stop, and after that, you know what to do. You got to be careful and easy. <laughs> you know, oh man, dude. yeah, yeah. We we should definitely uh, that that's that's going to be like a Syracuse race, no doubt about that. That's gonna yeah, that's gonna be cool. All right, Easter. Yeah, um, have you ever raced Orange County by any chance? I did twice. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. That's my home track, my old home track. Go ahead. What did you think? Well, like I was like 16 when I raced it the first time, and then probably like 19 when I raced it the second time. Like super, super fast, right? Because that was back when that was 10, 12 years ago. Fast corners are super pinched off, and. Yeah. You know, like everybody always used to compare it to Bridgeport. I was like, dude, this is not no. Bridgeport. Like, I would compare Bridgeport to what Lebanon Valley. See, I don't think so at all. You know, like I went to Lebanon Valley for that Mister Dirt One Hundred, and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't think they were next to the same at all. I, I thought Lebanon Valley was faster than Bridgeport. Longer straights than uh, Bridgeport. Uh, I think it was the fact that you were just <laughs> traveling the so fast. Yeah, I just thought that the 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 fact the fact that you were like going down the straightaway and then whipping it into that corner, whereas like Bridgeport you're just kind of driving it in and like the corner was so big you didn't really okay. feel how fast you were going. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I had like, to take Mike. Mike. Mike wants to go there. I got to take him up there one time. I, I do like going up there. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. I do. I do. But miss you know, I mean, Orange so. County. What? What? What's Orange County doing about Eastern State? Uh, let's. Uh, I have to ask my my old time favorite Brett Hearn about that. They were supposed to make an announcement. 
yeah, they were supposedly, I heard, driving again. Really? And, okay. you know, of course, yeah, and of course, you know, we're going to load the pits up and go sit in the stands kind of thing. But Adolf Cuomo was probably giving them a hard time. Well, I mean, not for anything, like, not taking no, away from not, this, but. That's my old county there, and I'm actually from Middletown. Um, Orange County itself is behind it a thousand percent because it's been going on right. since 1962. Mm-hmm. And the fairgrounds has been there since 1850. They're behind it, but they're just getting crap from Albany. Yep, that's what it is because the central district is like, how can they're doing it and we're not? Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, how are and, we and, doing it? How are we doing it? Uh, I how we're doing it at PA because we just don't care about Governor Wolf. Like, yeah, that's nice. Good for you. Um, we're we're going to uh, run our tracks. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll agree with that 100%. But I'll I tell mean, you what. I didn't really think for the 76ers this year, I didn't think that there was that many people there. And I was super – I was very surprised about that. Like, yeah, they had 72 cars. But – after uh, I so I didn't qualify, so we, I I got changed, loaded the car, got changed. I went right to the grandstands and got a seat. Like yeah, I was I, really yeah. really taken back by that. I thought it was gonna be like lo- overloaded, but it wasn't. Why? No, what, it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. I didn't make it to the sixer. Yeah, three three out of the four of us were there, and one of my admins in my group. We sat in her seat. We got lucky. She she didn't go, so we got lucky to sit in her seats. But I was like, you kind of could sit kind of almost anywhere you wanted, which I thought was weird. Yeah. For the big payout, uh, big payout, and some of the invaders that came down that normally possibly wouldn't because what's going on in New York and, you know, the dirt series not running and all that other stuff. I was like, dude, this should be like a packed house. But it wasn't. But you're right. That was weird. Dude, I sat. I we went up there, and we sat on the front stretch, right coming out of four, like right on the front stretch. We sat right there. I, okay. Now I then then we went to turn four, sat yep, in the grandstands there. That was then we went to four. the middle of turn three and four. There was nobody yeah, there. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that there was nobody there, yeah, but my point is yeah. that for for an absolute phenomenal race, huge payout. Seventy-two yep. cars, a crown like, jewel race. Yeah, I mean, like I was kind of, I was really surprised about that. You know, um, they uh, they opened up the camping on Thursday, right? Yeah, right. Like that, people normally start parking there months before. In years past, they've rained it back, you know, and you can park the the day after their last points race or whatever. Do we went up there on Thursday? Because during the COVID, you could park up there on Thursday, right? We went up there on Thursday night and had a front row spot. And I was really, like, kind of – I was shocked about that. And it's, would, would you say there was more people at Diamond for the Coal Cracker than Grandview for the Sixer? Uh, I don't know if there was more people there for that. I, just, I don't know, like – that that whole stand deal at, at Diamond, I don't think so. I I think that there was probably more people at Diamond than I've ever seen there camping out. You know, like camping right. wise. 
but there's definitely not been as many people at the Sixers I've seen before. Yeah, that was my and Mike's first time ever at Big Diamond this year at the Cold Cracker. I was kind of disappointed. With, yeah, we're a little disappointed with the race itself. I don't know. I mean, I like the facility and all. It was cool seeing. It was cool seeing all PA, New Jersey, and some hitters from New York all together. That that was really cool. But I don't know. I was kind of disappointed about the race itself. It just didn't seem like any passing really. Well, let me ask you this. You guys, Go you you guys might understand this. So you said that about Big Diamond, and then kind of mm-hmm. said what you said about Sixers. Is that because it's 358 and you want to see some big blocks or what? Oh, I would love to see big blocks. Oh, my God. Orange County, years, they, they had the 358s were regular, were regular uh, every week uh, class besides yep. the big yep. block. Um, oh, yeah. yep. one, of my, one of my all-time favorite races <clears throat> was the race at Kings, the small block race up at Lebanon Valley. So I, I always liked small block racing. I'm a, I'm a big block oh. guy. Though. I grew up at Bridgeport, you know, so. So I'm used to both, like, big blocks and small blocks. So, I mean, hey, half the time in Orange County, to be honest, the small blocks put on a better show than the big blocks. That At, at where? At Orange County. It was really? just better racing. Because talk- oh, yeah, definitely. I've seen some fantastic small block races that outdid the, the big blocks most weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just curious, you know, because, like, you know, uh, like so you take, for example, the, the coal crack, right? You got 64 cars, I think. That 64 yeah, it was a lot. Right around it, right? <laughs> yeah. And there really wasn't much going on there at all. Like, there wasn't a no, lot of passing. Now, I'm not, I'm not taking away anything from anybody. I'm just saying that, like, the top looked like it was really far out there. The bottom looked like it was a dominant groove. Yeah. yeah, but I picked up too because everybody was dropping down there. Yep, and I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe if it was a big block race, it might be slightly different. That, that's all. Now, now let I me mean, ask. Possibly, you, I don't know. Let me let me ask you this, Neil. Uh, I mean, you've obviously had to switch over to the the spec small block and stuff, but which which car do you prefer to drive? Would you prefer to race a small block or a big block? Now, big block all day long. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I love the new track at Bridgeport. Absolutely love it. I think it's great for racing and everything. But, man, do I miss the big blocks on the 5.8 mile. Well, like, I mean, I miss it, too. I mean, but but at the end of the day, I think that there comes a point where you got to be competitive. You, have, you, had, you had 18 to 22 regular drivers at Bridgeport that had big blocks, right? Right. That's well, not- now... You, well, I mean, we all had to, we all had to switch. We all had to in in the off season. And I'll be honest with you, I've been, I'll say this, and I'll, you can burn me at the stake, whatever you want to do. If you can drive a three fifty modified, right, that does not mean you can drive a big block. Oh, at all. Me, it does not me mean. and Brian, and I will stand behind that statement one hundred percent. Oh, all day I, long. I mean, I've been, I've been watching guys since I was seven years old with my dad going to racetrack and I'm not taking away from anybody on anything. There's great race car drivers across the board. I'll be as political as you want to be about it, but no, I'm you telling can, you whatever. that you can drive around that track with a 358 spec head with your foot on the wood. And there is a different caliber of person that 
drives around there with for, on the wood with a big block. And then there's a different caliber of person that can lift with a big block and figure out how to pass the guy in front of them. It, it's just totally different. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, big blocks, obviously, it seems like it takes a lot more finesse. Oh, yeah. You got to be Picasso versus a finger painter. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not taking anything away from anybody. And I, and I understand, you know, big blocks. Yeah, but, there's, calls, listen, you know, but there's some finger painters who drive big blocks, too. So there are some finger painters that drive big blocks. But the amount of finger painters that drive big blocks that actually win a lot of significant races are few and far between. Correct. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, some know, of the, I mean, I, like, look at, look at, uh, like, you, you, I mean, I will, I'll throw an example out there, and, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Uh, Fulton and Brewerton, right? I love those tracks. You know, they're great, absolute, phenomenal racetracks. I've actually never raced Fulton. I raced Brewerton a lot. Take a guy like Larry. Yeah. Larry, yeah. Larry versus Larry, Larry versus Tim Sears. I like Tim a lot too. Yo, that kid wheels, right? Him and his oh, yeah. uh, Tommy Sears, they they yeah, get it done, awesome. right? They get it done up there. They're Yo, small take block. Them into 358. Well, they get it done in small blocks too, and then yes, all of a sudden you take Larry, who races small blocks, big blocks, and he just comes up there and mollywops everybody now. Yep. Oh. Larry's really become a, a really great driver over the past couple of years, especially I've in a big block. Him. And I've seen him Larry when he was a big player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he first yeah, started, hey, yeah. he, he's, not, come not gonna that. he's come a long I'm way. There, there's a lot of guys that come a long way. Hey, and point it, is that people that get stuck running a 358, when they bounce back into the modifieds, they get mollywopped by guys that race modifieds. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I've seen Pete Bicknell on it. You know, he's Mr. Small Block. And a big yep. difference when he's doing his specialty 358. He's he's decent in a big block. Big difference. You're correct on that. His his forte is Small Block. Nick, hence the yep, nickname. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And a, lot, and a lot of those Canadian guys are, are Small Block runners. Yep. And I'm not taking any. Um, there's, there's, oh, don't no, don't I agree. I'm not uh, taking absolutely, any. No, absolutely agree with you. Like, if you take a strong or a big three and put, well, Dwayne's probably better in a big block than out of three of them, in my opinion. They're different drivers. Sorry. I've seen it. <laughs> no, no. Craig's, Craig's 100% the better big block driver out of everybody. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've seen them both at York. I think Dwayne did a little bit. My opinion, my opinion, of course, have done a little better. Yeah. But I think, like, I like Jeff a lot, but I think Jeff is a better 358 driver, not taking anything away from his, his talent whatsoever. He's a great driver. I, I think I think Jeff is the uh, I think Jeff is probably well, the most, wise, he's better out of three. Uh, you know, Jeff gets it done. It doesn't it does. matter what. Dude, I agree. You know, like, you know, the first night he won the Bicknell, everybody blows up that he just won a brand new Bicknell chassis, right? Right. Well, what happened four years ago when fucking the Sixer was fifty thousand a win and you wanted a Troyer car, like? You know, yeah. he, it doesn't matter for him, dude. It doesn't matter. He turns it on like nobody else. He kind of reminds me down here. He, he's like the PA version of, in my opinion, of a Danny Johnson. You can put Danny Johnson in a pickup truck and then he go out and whoop ass back in the day. Absolutely. 
No doubt. Look at Stu. Stu doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's gonna do something in what he's got. You know what I mean? And I'm not taking like I'm not. I'm just being real with you from an outside perspective, and I got to race with you guys. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is. Yeah, I mean, Stu, Stu obviously he's dominated this year in that big nail, but even, even when he drove the DKM chassis, he was still winning, you know, 50% of the races he entered. Yeah, I mean, the last time he ran a DKM, I think he won 22 races that that year. Like that's that's a good year. Yeah, that's a damn good year. Yeah. Oh, Shepard won 38. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get what Stu. His numbers are down like 30, this year. Yeah. Well, what's what's Stu got? Thirty some thirty four. I don't know. I don't read the papers. So, I mean, what's he got? Thirty four. He's in the twenty. Like twenty eight ish. Yeah, I think he's around twenty seven. Twenty eight wins. And what Shepard won? You think he's around seventeen, eighteen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way off. Yeah. He, he, I heard he's selling everything he's done with racing because they only won eighteen races this year. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the way that these these Titans go. I mean, like, they're going to win no matter what they do, man. They're going to win. You know what I mean? What, what, in your opinion, you've raced against them a couple times. What makes them that good, those two? Well, first of all, uh, like, besides uh, money. No, no, I'll tell you, Shepard, he never changes. He knows what he wants, when he wants it, and how he's got to get it. Plain and simple. He's a man of business. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yes. Now you take Stu. It does not matter with Stu. Stu could blow a motor, flip a race car, hop in somebody else's shit, and come back in and go, yo, I need seven inches of stagger in this car, and I can win the race. And he'll go out there and do it. It doesn't matter. Like, like <clears throat> for years, those two guys, I'd be like, "Ah, oh, man, they got it going on." They don't. They, they, they just know what they want, and they yeah, know, know when they want it. Yeah, and and they get it done, dude. Look at Danny Johnson. How many yeah, times oh, you see that dude? One of my pop- favorites. Yo, how many times you seen that dude come to Weedsport, Super Dirt Week on a satellite race with an yeah. orange twenty seven car? No trailer, open trailer, back his car off of it, and, and win. go win the race. Yep. With bubble goggles on, bro. With bubble goggles. He still, still wears his bubble goggles. One night in Orange County, him and uh, Hearn were Yo. battling for the uh, the small block title. So something happened to the Freightliner small block. So this guy named Joe Sarvis, Blue 94, like a low buck guy, right? He said, hey, Danny. You could take my car. This guy's got low bucket. Danny finishing the top five with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, yeah. He just like, Yo, okay. Here's the story. We were, we were at New Egypt, right? And uh, John Stangle had the six car before Sun race, and Danny Johnson was racing it, right? And uh, he goes, he goes, yo, Danny, what do, you, uh, what, do you, what do you want for stagger and feature? I got four inches or I got seven inches. He goes, I don't care. Whatever you put on the race car. But you know what happened that race? I finished second to him, and he won. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter to him. Like, these guys, it doesn't matter. They, they, they know what they want. They know, they know what they need that night, that particular night, and they know how to get it. That's crazy. 
Well, when Alan I mean, Johnson calls his little brother, like when God made a dirt modified driver, he made my brother. That tells you something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, this is true. And then you got a guy like Alan Johnson. Dude, he, all right, that guy's been around for 40 years. That's longer than I've even been around. You know, 40, been alive, year, 40 year, Yeah. <laughs> it's close to me. Thank you. <laughs> He's got, what, 46 Yo, consecutive years with a win? That's amazing. Yeah, and it it is, but but he just, you know, he gets it done. He understands what he needs that night. Yep. That's the difference. Like, yo, some guys will panic. You know, like you see some guys like that aren't willing to admit where they're at. You know, and they're like, we need to change everything but the kitchen sink. And then they struggle. You know what I mean? Right. Those guys show up and they're like, ah. Might need a little bit more staggering. I feel okay. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't. Yeah. Care, you know what I mean? Like there's there's nothing in their mind other than that. You know. So uh, Neil, getting back to you a little bit here. Uh, uh, I know you're you're still very young in your career, but as of now, what would you say is your biggest win? Uh, the win that I had in Volusia. That was huge, man. Yeah, against all those guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that was big, dude. That was your first was really big block win, right? No, 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 oh, okay. that wasn't. That was, uh, that was, that was my um, first uh, Super Dirt Car Series win, though. But, you know, down there with them guys on that track, that was, that was huge. Yeah, that's, that's big time. Yo, and, and, and it was crazy, too. Like, that was. That was an unreal, like, week. You know, every night you race, you get better. You go there, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you start 12th or what? I don't even know where I started. And the race starts. There's a flip. You're sitting in there. Everybody, I remember everybody else is getting out of their car, right? And, like, they're all sitting there. My dad is up against the fence. And he's like, yo, get out of the car. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. <laughs> And he's like, get out of the car, man. It's been like 20 minutes. Just get out of the car. And I'm like, nah, I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. <laughs> Yo, and I, I didn't get out at all. I, I, I never got out of the car, dude. And, <laughs> and we, we all get back in the cars. And it was like it never switched off for me that night. Like, it was just, I was on, you know. Just in the zone. Sometimes, still, some, sometimes you have that, you know. I still remember, uh, I think it was in 2017, uh, at Bridgeport, uh, one night. I was, I was there the night you flipped, you flipped the car over and turned three and four. I don't remember what the hell happened. I just remember seeing pictures of Jimmy Britt. I don't know if you guys got together or, or you hit the track or you hit a rut in the track, or whatever, but I remember you rolling it. Then I didn't come back the next week because I was pissed. I was like, God damn it. I was like, Neil's not going to have a fucking car next week. I ain't coming. And then uh, two weeks, I came two weeks later, the night you had the brand new car, and damn, that thing was a rocket ship that night. Dude, we, uh, so, so, uh, the, 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 the dirt race, right? So, that year, we had the dirt race at a brand new motor. Sal had this motor that, that I had never ran before, and it was an 18-degree head motor, and he had gotten it freshened. And so we get it. We run the dirt race with it. So the dirt race, I had a motor. I had no idea with no gear. I, I had no clue. I'd never driven it before. So we did really good that night. We come back the next week, and it's like we're, we're doing really good. 
uh, I don't know where I finished fourth, you know. And then the next week, comeback blows up. We put our old 23 to get <laughs> – we put our old – we call old Betty. Put it in the car. Go into the corner. I'm passing – I don't even know who I, I'm passing. I have no clue. There's some guy I should be driving by. I drive in the corner, hit him, and I flip. Just destroyed. Like the entire car, it was it was just so messed up, right? Oh, I remember so picture the it. the roll cage was bent in on the roof and shit. Oh, it was so messed up, dude. Like, I mean, it was it was it was bad. And uh, so, I had a new car sitting, brand new car sitting there, chassis, body, nothing on it, no bolt-on parts, nothing whatsoever, no brake lines, no nothing, sitting there. The uh, so we we strip it down that Saturday night, and I literally I shit you not I had seventeen guys in the race shop right. They stripped my entire car down, and we built that car in three days. On the fourth day, the motor that I ran the dirt series race came, uh-huh. right? That came down. Those same fifteen, sixteen, seventeen guys came. We put the motor in, put the body on, letter the body. By Friday night, it was completely set up, ready to go. And guess what? It was on coils. I never ran coils before. Didn't have an idea. Didn't have anything. That Saturday night, we won. So in seven days, we built a completely brand new race car, brand new, with old parts off of something that got flipped. Motor that came in and then put put on coils, which we had never ran, and then won. Oh, and that that car was a a rocket ship from... From hot laps to to the heat race to the feature, I mean that thing was just flying, Dude, unreal. But that's the difference between torsion bars and coils. Which, welcome to the era that we're in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's one big race that you would love to win? Dude, honestly, I yeah, yeah. Besides all of them, but. No, no, no. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a couple that are really like huge for me, like that I think of, yeah. and yeah. I would love, I would love to go to the Sixer and win the Sixer. There you go. I consider that a crown I jewel think race. That would be so. so bad. Like, yeah, it's a crown jewel race. Yeah, there's 70 cars there, but you know what's crazy about that race? Except for like 2014 when Stu went in there and won. It's always a regular. You know why? Donnie Wetmore, no, Donnie Wetmore, nineteen seventy-seven, something like that. From Can- the only, well, the first Canadian to do it. Well, that's way before my time. That's showing your age. Okay, so I was forced. <laughs> so you just got to keep throwing that age thing out at me, don't you, Neil? No, I'm just telling you, dude. That's showing your age. <laughs> so, so yeah, why, no, why, why, why do you think it's a Like, I'm gonna go cry for a while. Excuse me. <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, I got some Kleenex if you need them. <laughs> thanks, thanks, pal. Yeah. No, I that, think that that's cool. It's like the PA guys are like the big three for what? And Billy Powell for a while there. And it's mostly it's a down here kind of race. But I like starting to get a couple of invaders want to come down and try to take their shot at it. I mean, you're right, dude. It's always been a big three race. Always. But those guys that are big three, they're big three there. Right. Yes. They got home field advantage, bro. How about that? Cool you guys know? 
that home field advantage is huge. Absolutely. Oh, hands you know, they, down. They, they know there's stuff that... They, <coughs> they, they know what that track's doing that night. They, they, they just know. They know that they know that in the beginning of the night they need they need to turn X amount of laps, you know, they need to get in. Then when they get in, dude, there's nothing that they can't do. That's what's crazy about it. They know when to go, when it should be slicking up, and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, you're hundred percent correct on that. Well, I mean you think yeah, about it too, and- like we had uh we had Brian go down on the show uh, a couple weeks ago and he said, Think about it. He's like the big threes, like just think about how many laps they've turned at Grandview. It's my, it's my uh, Probably as many as her in at Orange yeah. County. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Or Bob McCready at Brewerton. Oh, no doubt. Dude, they got thousands you know, and thousands of laps. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you exactly what this track is going to do. It's August, so this is what the track does, and I'm going to tell you exactly what your setup needs, and probably be on point. No doubt. And they, you know why? Because for the past 20 years, they figured that out. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Hands down, absolutely. It all comes down to those laps, too. All comes down to those laps. Like they, they the out. And the only... No, only... yeah. And I, mean, I think that's awesome. Like, how cool is that? Like, that is literally like Brett Favre playing for the Green Bay Packers for 15 years, and he knows everything that's coming through there. Like, you know, like... These are the things that you do not see in life. You know, you, you get to see these guys that have been there for 30 years, and they they just wax everybody, dude. And, and that's cool. You know, like, I mean, I like it, and I, I got to race against them. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, like, I like to see invaders come in and screw everything up. So do I. So I, mean, I mean, especially a New York guy, so I could put some of the wine, PA whiners, you know, shut them up. Mm-hmm. Unless unless it's Bridgeport, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm, I'm not for you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think it's cool when you know, hey, come. Like I, I'm a big this house guy. So yeah, it's hey, your, hey, it's, your it's your backyard. Hell yeah, it's your backyard. I get that. Absolutely. So hey, I'm the kind of asshole. Here, gonna, yeah, well, I'm the kind of asshole who wants to come in your backyard and fuck you up. <laughs> well, n- no doubt. Yo, you know, as you should. And then guess what? As you continue to do all that, right? Like, and as you come in here to set all these fast paces and everything, guess what? It's my backyard, and I know it. And I'm just gonna be like, oh, okay. Now it's time to yeah. put it on. See you later. You want to? Yeah. Yep. And that's how. You want to? Well, that that that's how I see. Like, like if you ever talk, like you look at you talk to Craig for a little bit, right? Craig is no. a very like down to earth guy. You talk to uh, Strunk a little bit. He is a super downer. He is, yeah. But the difference, the difference that I see between those two is that Jeff knows how to absolutely lay back in a lazy boy recliner and go, eh, you know, tonight's not my night, blah, blah, blah. But here comes this grand jewel of a race, and I am going to put this Lazy Boy recliner in full tilt mode, and I am going to wax everybody's ass tonight. Yeah, and do it for the eighth time, too. Well, that's that's insane. Well, and if you listen to his interview after the race that night at uh, for the Sixer, he's like, he's like, you know, Cressley was just 
setting this blistering pace, and I was just sitting back, just waiting. Of course, that's what he does. Yeah, let him go. He said he even admitted it. He goes, I let him go. I knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He's going to use up his card. Exactly what he did, too. No, no doubt he knows. Like, I mean, that's him. You know, hey. and like, and then <laughs> he's got like Presley. That dude, he's the fastest guy there. The fastest. Imagine what he's going to be like in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got to and calm down know, a little bit, in my opinion. But, yeah. But well, I agree. No, no doubt. He does. But you, you know what's great about him? And, like, these are things like, you know how racing goes. It always it always depends on, like, whose cars you're in, like, you know, who, who's footing the bill. Like, I mean, let's be honest. And the, that's what it is. Yeah. That guy has a, like, Brett Crassley has an absolute phenomenal position because of the, um, you know, his, he has a great business. His dad's there to support him 100%. Like, that's your hometown dude, bro. Like, he's another hometown kid, but he's a kid. Yeah. 20 years from now, he's going to have the same equipment, have all the lap time. He's going to be that guy that we're talking about, Jeff, Craig, Dwayne. That's going to be him. He's going to be the part of the next big three. He will be part of it because the other big three will be out of it by 20 years. You know what I mean? Right. And that's just just being – it's just being – well, no, no, you guys will still be, you guys will still be around. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm not as old as Brian, so. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, both. Well, you know. Um, uh, if Dylan Stoyer might be running Grandview as a regular, I don't know. You have to talk to his uh, owner that I know very well. He, that kid's something else. Eight, what is he? Eighteen years old from the asphalt. That kid's kicking some ass on dirt. Yeah, Dylan has a uh, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of talent. Yeah, Jankowski and Briggs Danner, I think, is pretty good as far as the young guns. My pair are going to be coming up eventually. Yep, no doubt. There's uh, all three of them the have a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All all three of them have a uh, they're they're super young. Um, obviously, all of them come from background that. They have somebody around them that has raced before. Good families. Great, great families. All that you can you can go down the list and check everything off. Yeah. The big thing that you got to look into with somebody like that is that somebody has been uh, helping them along the way. Yes. And I'm not that don't take that in the wrong way. I'm just saying that somebody's put them in that position to be that good. As in, like another driver or like a mentor or a mentor, mentor, family friend, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you kind of grooming, whatever you want to call it. What's that? Like kind of like grooming them, like set. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Setting them up. Yeah, there's no really grooming them. Yeah, Yeah, all that stuff. I mean, everybody wants that. You know, I mean, look at professional sports. You know, uh, guys reach out to people to mentor them. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is a sport where nobody wants to answer a phone call. Nobody's going to give you any type of information. And those guys got it. You know what I mean? They they, they have yeah. it at a very young age. Dude, when, I was, when, I, was, when I was 19, I had no clue about any of that. None. Not not a single thing at all. Now, when you were you were younger, you ran a sportsman for Sal, correct? Yeah, for a long time, yep, when I was yeah. 18. And then, uh, and, uh, yep. 
you moved up to the modifieds, and that's when is that when you went to the three twenty three? Yeah, yep, yep. But you know, here's here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, my my old man's been around racing for forever. You know, he was with Sal for a long time. You know, and I'm I'm just telling you, like the progression of things. You know, so you know, I drive this car for Sal. My dad sets it up. You know, and then uh. You know, I I was 19 and 18, and I didn't care. I was just going out on the weekends. I'd show up Saturday morning, go drive a race car. Like, it, it, it really didn't matter to me. And then we, we wrecked the car one night, and, um, well, I wrecked the car one night. It wasn't no we about it. Like, I destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next day, we're, we're just Sunday, you know, I'm hungover. And uh, my dad goes, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done. And I said, what do you mean? I'm not going to be able to get it done. He goes, I don't know. The rack's all bent. The, the, the car's all bent. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this, you know, because, like, you know, he's working, you know, and I'm I'm in school. So, like, I didn't I didn't have a clue what that meant. So he gets it done. It's like a Wednesday night, right? And I'm sitting there, and I was like, yo, the car's done. And, like, it was just me. Like, I was doing, like, a couple nut and bolt things. Like, I'm like, man. I should probably scale this thing, like figure out how to scale it. Like I had no idea, no clue at all. I had no idea how to put scales down, plug them in, nothing. No clue. Nobody ever told me any of these things, right? So I do all this and I scale it and like I see the scale sheet. I do it all. And my dad comes in the next day, which is very rare for him to come like not be there. And he goes, you did all this? And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, well, it's all on you. And, dude, from that point on, it never changed. It was like, it, it was all on me. It never, never reverted back to, like, yo, Dad, you going to do this for me or anything? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, no. It, and it, no, it, it, it might not have been, it, it might not have been right, and it surely wasn't wrong, but there was a big in-between between the two, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm saying, like, it, like I, I'm just saying that, like, a lot of these kids now have, have people that, are helping them that that were that are in the game very heavily like right you know that that's very hard to find dude like there's there's not too many people that have that i'm not taking anything away from them i think that yankowski danner dylan sawyer these kids are young and they're going to be around for a long time there's no doubt in my mind but you know they're also have a lot of support as well well and you saw a lot of yankowski and danner because they both ran bridgeport full-time this year didn't they Full time, dude. There's yeah. full time. Yep. No yeah. doubt. There's. Yankowski finished what second in the points too. He had a real solid year. 16. I have no idea. Dude. I don't pay. I don't pay any attention to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When we hit the big time, we'll, we'll we'll sponsor you. We'll we'll groom you and take care of you. <laughs> I don't. I, dude. Honestly, man, I go there every week with like. The, the the two biggest chips on my shoulder and that that's how I like that's how I operate. Everywhere. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to knock that shit off because we got PR in public to deal with, right? So we're gonna have to nah, we're gonna have well, to you know, we're gonna have to groom you. No, no, because I'm I'd be, I'm just as bad as you are. So yeah, I get afford a misdemeanor. I get afford a misdemeanor charge. So we're both good in that part. <laughs> no, I mean you know like those guys were real. They were good all year. You know like. They were really good, like, but, dude, I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. Everybody knows the elephant in the room with dirt modified racing. What's the elephant in the room? 
chassis, Bicknell and Tio. No, no doubt. So what does everybody have right now? Bicknell's with Troy floorboards. Oh, guess what? They Who's the only person right oh, there? O'Neal still got the old Tio. Oh, dude. Oh, you got. Yo, the elephant uh, in the room is is that. Like, that's it. Uh, I mean, like, you know. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the elephant in the room. Uh, Billy Pouch? <laughs> <laughs> yo, Bill, yo, listen, Billy Pouch is going to win. He's going to win his fair share. Ryan Godown's also going to win his fair share. Like, yeah. they're good race car drivers. They're good. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Are you really it's still driving a T.O.? What's that? So you really have a T.O.? I still have a T.O., yeah. Are you going to race next year, an Olsen or a, uh, like a Kasaki chassis or a Tobias? Well, I was actually thinking like, uh, so we did a lot of changes to it through the off season. So we've been actually yes. calling it a junkyard chassis. So my dad's <laughs> been just well known. So, like, so you guys probably feel special. Uh, pretty much, you know, my all, <laughs> we, 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 we call yeah. it, we call it the Williams, we call it the Williams junkyard special. Like, uh, you know, we got a couple things <laughs> going on here. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, my dad drives the old, uh, so we're gonna need a lot of chassis money with you then, huh? With that, yeah, we need we need. Dollars cutting it up, why? So he's making a Franken car. Yep, pretty much. You know, my dad comes up there with the old torch truck, torches it off. I tell him I want to weld this in there, and we get it done. You know. <laughs> what the hell? So, any any plans of? Uh... Uh, switching to Bick now, or are you just going to ride it out with Tio and hope that uh, he's the only one who drives it. He's probably getting free stuff now. Please, Neil, stay with us. <laughs> no, no, no. There's uh, you know, uh, listen. I love uh, I love Matt. He's like a very, very good friend of mine, and uh, he's got a lot of things going on right now. And yeah. you, know, you got to. Yeah. You, well, you gotta you gotta outweigh some things sometimes and uh, get away from the whole. Uh, hey, it's here's what everybody else around. is doing. It's come back well, around. I mean, it 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 does. And you, you, look, if you got somebody that's willing to spend that money on you, and like then literally you, say, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter, then you got to go with that road. Absolutely, I agree with you. And and I'm not listen. Don't take this the wrong way at all. Like we talked about this, I'm not I'm not doubting anybody. I'm not doing anything. But a lot of people say, hey, we're buying this car and this is the way that it's going. Our car is not working. Here's what we're gonna buy, and they go buy it, which is fine. Like that's great. I'm glad that you're able to do that. In my mind, I like these are the cars that I got. I got to figure out how to fucking do it. Like, right. At the end of the day, that's it's all on me. You know, I got I got to figure it out. Yeah, it's almost like they're uh, like almost like they're giving up and they're like, ah, screw it, we can't figure this out. Let's just buy something else. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. That, I, I don't want to say that they're saying let's give it up, but they're just like, hey, this is what's happening right now. If you can't beat them, join them. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've met Matt a couple of times. Nice guy. He's, he actually invited us up this winter up to the shop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, we might wind up getting jobs there, so. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You gonna run? You gonna run the podcast right out of there? Yeah, right, yeah, right into the right into the ground. We'll run it. Well, look, here's here's the way I'm thinking, Neil. If we get Matt to sponsor the, the uh, podcast and be like the primary sponsor, like, hey, the loud pedal presented by Tio, we're gonna help him get his name out there so more people buy Tios. 
Well, I'll tell you what, dude. All you got to do is give him a call, pitcher, pitcher deal to him, and right now he could probably use it. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? Hey, a free shirt and free jackets and stuff does not hurt the cause either, what he's putting on the table. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see me on the next episode of Shark Tank. We're going to come in. All right, Matt, here's what we're thinking. I'm going to no, counter that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, not saying hey, I'm not saying it in a negative way, but if this was the Shark Tank, his ass should be on here right now. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and, and I, I get to be Mr. Wonderful because, you know, I am. Um, but you have the two mats that are pretty much associated well, the one mat is because his father and the other mat, Shepard, associated with Bicknell. So do you think, I don't know, say Teal catch up with him? I think it's going to be a constant battle. Would you agree with that? Dude, you know, look, here's the. I'm going to give you the absolute way of that. I think that this is all going to go. You will forever see Bicknell building 300-plus chassis a year. No matter what, that's what you're going to see. It'll never change. You know why? Because that's General Overst- Motors of their modified racing, dude. That's them. That's General uh, uh, Motors. Oh, didn't know that. Well, I mean, they, they can produce it. They have everything yeah, okay. in stock. There's never a lag time, nothing. Like I got you. Yeah. Have, it's kind of like Amazon. Yeah, I mean, that that's them, right? Then you have... Take take uh, Tio Troyer and DKM and hate that right. Put them all into a thing. This is no knock. Like there's nobody that's going to emerge and compete with Bicknell. Like you just have to. I mean that's just the reality of what's going on. You know what I mean? And then you take them other four chassis and you have like your uh, like I would compare it to your uh, Lamborghinis. Right, your Ferraris, and then I would say, okay, well, like you got your like really souped up like Corvette editions and all these things, and like those are the couple specific paths that you have to like understand to go down. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, that makes that's a good way to put it. Why is it the other ones just all join forces and make like one big chassis company? There's no way. It, it, it just it'll never happen. You go like, and, but 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 that's. But that's economic, like I'm, I'm, like I say this to a lot of people, like I'm no economist. I have no idea about economy theory. I'm nothing, like I'm not. I'm just a business guy, like I'm, like looking in. I have race cars. You will never. It doesn't matter what you do. You will never compete with GM. You can't. Like look at look at uh, the car market, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like take them in their prime. You're never going to compete with GM. Right. Unless something happens, like Ford or somebody comes down with these other ones and says, hey, uh, you know. But, but there's not what, enough market is, value. There's not enough, right, there's I, not I, enough market yeah. value. So, like, yeah. the, the, the percentage of market. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, the market share that Bicknell holds versus everybody else, like, you have to, it's, it's fair to assume that Bicknell holds over 50% of the market uh, value or share. Yeah, they're yeah, and yeah, and everybody else is competing for the rest of it. They they're a little slice of pie there for the rest of it. Exactly, and that it is what it is, do. I guess. No. Well, I mean, it, it's just like anything, dude. I mean, like, dude, look at your, I mean, break it down to your to your gas companies, like like where you go to fuel up, right? Like the up 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 where you guys are. I mean, what 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 type of gas do you buy? Sheets, right? Sheets. Wow. 
Oh, you got Wawa? Well, there you go. There's a, yeah, like, we have a Wawa up here. Wawa, right? Like, I'm Quick, a big Jack. Wawa guy. I love Wawa. I'm just saying, I love my Wawa. Like, down here, like, the market market share is all uh, uh, Wawa. You're not going to go to a Riggins or a Quick Check down here because Wawa has the entire market share. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, Wawa's taking over everywhere now. So it's yeah, quick check. Just like Bicknell. Like Bicknell is taking over everywhere. So your other guys are trying to fight for their piece of the pie and yep. trying to find their little market niche. You know what I mean? It's just how it is. Hey, I'll, we're not going to be upset if Matt Hurst says I'll sponsor a show or for the rest of the year. Something like that. We're, we're, we'll, we'll be pro Teal. I mean, because we're assholes like that. No, it's not. It's not that we're assholes. We're just like the support. Right, I'm an support. asshole. I'm an asshole. Yeah. Well, no. well, I'm all, all, I'm all about buying local. Well, I, well, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like, oh, so so you're not so you don't like Canadians then, Mike? I'm not saying I don't like Canadians, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying I'm saying buy local. I support your I local. So you're gonna start this? Let's buy Americans. Let's buy American. No, it has nothing to do with buying American. I'm just saying local to us would be. Would be Tio because he's right there in, in North Jersey. So I know it's the closest closest manufacturer to us. He's he's a half hour from back Tio. home. Yeah. And plus a free shirt and jacket doesn't hurt. At, you know. What's that? So make it so uh, free free stuff, free merchandise. What's well, not going to hurt the cause either? Oh well, I mean, never hurts the cause. I tell you what, it would be, and I, in all honesty, it'd be really really cool if like a, a major chassis. A uh, company, whatever you want to call them, is like would sponsor a show. That'd be like that'd be awesome to us. In all seriousness, oh, that'd dude, be great. I mean, so we we what you guys got going on. So we were we, uh, I was talking about this earlier with my girlfriend. So like I used to have my own podcast a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's a ton of podcasts. Yes, oh, yeah, there is. Great. The, the, like this, that that's phenomenal. Like podcasts. Or it like you guys should be doing this twice a week all the time, but you need to have one specific manufacturer that backs you. Like, yeah, you, you, we'll get there. You, do you do you listen to any like Pulp MX or anything with Supercross? No. All right. Well, Pulp Pulp MX is the the largest podcast in Supercross, right? And he's right. a Yamaha guy. Yamaha gives him a ton of exposure. And these guys like fly racing, you know. Um, I, I know where you're going. Of, I know where you're going. Like, well, like I'm just saying that you know, when in order to get that 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 specific like uh, uh, specialty Market. podcast, somebody yeah. like Bicknell, To, Troy, somebody's got to throw right. some hey, money. That, yeah, any, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it would like be inevitable. really cool. It'd be really cool because we absolutely love Northeast Dirt Modified Racing. Well, I mean, somebody needs to be the staple of that. I mean, I, to, to my knowledge, we're the only podcast about uh, Northeast Dirt Modified Racing. Yeah, I mean, other than I, I mean, I, I really don't. I, until you guys even contacted me, I had no idea that anybody was even doing anything for North Northeast Dirt Modified Racing, other than live down dirty. And I have no idea what they do. No clue. I don't listen to their stuff. They're just the only people that I knew that. Did a podcast. 
Yeah, and we're we're fairly new at it. I mean, you're you're uh, you're episode number thirteen for us, so you know this is still pretty pretty new. But even with that being said, we've had uh, you know we've had Ryan Creechin on, we've had Ryan Godown on, Matt Williamson came on. Uh, so, and actually, you came, your name came up. We've had a lot of a lot of fans ask for you to come on, and that's how I got uh, got a hold of John. And John was like, "Hey, if you need the contact information for Neil? Here you go." I said, "Sweet." Oh, John Zachary? Yeah, yep. Yo, John's a great guy, man. Yo, you ever need anything at Bridgeport, you contact John. My man's got it. Yeah, he's a marketing director there or something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, he's got, yeah, he's got marketing director as a title, and uh, he's up in the – up in the. Uh, I think he does all the race control a little bit with Doug, but, I mean, John's just a good, good, good guy to know to get things done. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe that's the guy I need to talk to about trying to help us find a sponsor. Dude, I'm telling you. Yo, what you guys got to do is you got to call. Here's here's one thing. You got to say, hey, yo, Winters, I'm going to mention you every half hour on my show for 500 bucks right. once a week. Hey, DMI, I'm going to mention you for every once a half hour on my show for 500 bucks. Like, that's what these, like. That's what these Supercross podcasts do. Like Pulp MX, they literally they're they're brought to you. It's like, hey, this is the Pulp MX podcast. Pulp, Pulp MX podcast brought to you by Fly Racing, Yamaha Race Parts, and yeah. uh, blah 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 blah. And then then like, hey, we're gonna take a break and read off our sponsors. But everybody knows them for their sponsors. That's right. what you guys got to do. You know, you guys got to break it down and be like, hey, we're the Winters Rears. Uh, Bicknell chassis or T.O. chassis manufactured, blah, blah, blah. That's how it goes, dude. And eventually you'll, uh, everybody that's like tuning into you on uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m., they'll be like, oh, shit, we're tuning into this. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's just how it goes. Yeah, well, sure. Well, guys, dude, these companies, they, they, everybody hits them up and they're like, hey, man, sponsor my stuff. Right. Uh, I, I take it to a racetrack. You guys are like, hey man, give me a couple hundred bucks and it's gonna it's gonna see fifteen thousand people per per week. Right. That's something that nobody can offer. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, I, I agree. That's why we need to get with John about this whole marketing thing. He even points in the right direction. Yeah, I mean we're young and we're getting there, and that's that's definitely a goal. It's definitely one of our goals we got set for ourselves. I hope you guys, I hope you guys do it, dude. We will. I know we will. That's good. We're good. All right, we're gonna end this tonight. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank Neil Williams for coming on, chit chatting with us. Thank you, Neil. No, thanks guys for having me. Uh, you guys just listened. Yes, sir. So. This is the mouse signing off with my buddy, Big Daddy, Clark, Michael Clark Griswold, and you guys been black flagged.